0: you really need to be able to think about how you can deliver your services too. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you can have really good marketing strategies and reaching people, but if you're not able to deliver services in a hybrid method online or whatever, it's gonna be a bit of a challenge. So you've got to think about ways, and, and I encourage you to have that open mindset to sort of think like, how can I help this patient? Because at the end of the day, that's what we got to be health practitioners for, to help people.
1: Are you a private practice owner looking to get new patient leads on autopilot, freeing up your time to do the things in life you really want to do? I'm Christine Walker, and on this podcast, I share how I've grown my own practice and hundreds of others by generating patients on demand, getting business owners out of the treatment room, taking better care of themselves and spending more time with their families. If you'd like to chat about how we can get you new patients on autopilot from your website, then visit freewebsitecall.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Patients on
2: Demand. I'm so excited with a special guest this week. We have Brad Coat. And if you have not heard of Brad, well, you should. So that's why we have him on today. He is an osteopath and massage therapist who's owned and run multiple clinics in Canada. And he's a marketing expert who's gonna come talk to us about trends and things you need to be looking out for in 2021. So Brad, welcome.
0: Thanks so much for having me, excited to be here.
2: Absolutely. Now I wanna let you go ahead and introduce the audience to yourself, to uh, you a little bit more, and let you uh, tell a little bit about your story and just how you've gotten where you are today.
0: Of course, so uh, I'm a dual licensed practitioner in Canada. And, um, kind of my career started a little bit earlier. Um, I originally always kind of been in business, you know, since I was very young, um, I always like to kind of kick off my story of saying I've been a bit more entrepreneurial when I was a kid, I remember being like grade you know, three and four, I used to get an allowance for my parents. I'd run to the corner store and get, you know, candies for 10 cents and come back and sell them for like 50 to the kids on the playground and Pokemon cards and all that type of stuff. So kind of always, I guess, been a little more entrepreneurial to some degree. Um, and i have kind of carried that through my life as a uh, entrepreneur and in career. So, um, I actually, uh, originally did business in college. Then I ended up going back to school. Uh, I was going to go into doing physical therapy sort of realized after I did, um, you know, an internship working in the clinic that it was, people weren't really getting any better and it was like really volume based and that kind of started to turn me off. So there was a colleague of mine who was an osteopath would do manual manipulations and whatnot. Um, and he was getting really good results from the patients. So I said, Hey, I kind of want to look into sort of other avenues. So I ended up going back to school, ended up getting my RMT and osteopath licenses uh, to kind of treat people. During that time period, I really did personal training. And I learned a lot during that personal training aspect of my career about sales, marketing, delivering service. And for those of you who don't really know, like personal training is is pretty cutthroat. Like, it's pretty much like you eat what you kill, so to speak. So you know, you've got to really understand like the marketing principles, like the grit, the hard work to to kind of get those client bases, because, you know, it's not covered by insurance by any means. It's really kind of more of a luxury service. So you've got to have really good positioning. So that kind of like really kicked off my, my understanding for like, how to really structure uh, your sales process, marketing, like deliverability of programs. Um, So that way, when I ended up treating, starting getting into treatments, I really adopted those principles. So in, in personal training, we, you know, we talk about the, the solution that people would want. So, you know, some trainers would sell you two or three sessions or 10 sessions here and there for, you know, maybe a thousand bucks. And, and I would be selling people like years of training, like a year of training. Um, I still remember, you know, 144 sessions, uh, 12 sessions, uh, a month for a year, 144 sessions, it'd be like 10 grand. And I started like focusing and obsessing with, well, you know, how do I sell this? Not necessarily just to make money, but I knowing that most clients who have thirty pounds to lose or backs all messed up, you know they need more than just uh, a couple uh, personal training sessions or whatever. So I started to adopt those concepts into my therapy and kind of created my own system, utilizing uh, manual therapy modalities as well as like integrating corrective exercise, functional neurology, and that type of stuff. So kind of developed my own system, had some success in my solo practice, started transitioning to therapy. Um, was lucky enough to work with NFL, NHL players for about two and a half years. Uh, then came back and started really on my clinics and, and growing from that aspect uh, to, as I sort of transitioned. Um, naturally, I, I had a lot of success, partly because I invested a lot of time into business and marketing and sales and that type of stuff. So uh, had a lot of success. Um, and people kind of asked me, "Well, how do you how do you get new clients and patients like this? And how do you grow this practice?" So started kind of just getting into consulting naturally that way. And over, over the time started to realize I, I'm less in, enamored with the uh, like the deliverability of, of the treatment of people and being the face of the business. And originally I wanted to have franchises and realized it's not super leverageable in terms of the lifestyle and business that I want. And I could really help more people realistically if I can help them get more clients and patients. And I've got a little bit more skill set for that kind of strategic planning side. So that's pretty much where I started to transition my business. I actually sold one business, a gym clinic, just prior to kind of like shutdowns last year. So that way I had a little bit more leverage, and now I'm kind of working with uh, some clinics on the back end doing the strategic planning, uh, marketing and that type of stuff. So that's pretty much my story of how I got to here, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to share some some of my tips and what I think is going to happen in the coming year.
2: Yeah, so obviously, 2020 was a wee bit crazy. And yet clinics have survived, clinics have been able to adapt with the right moves, um, with the right confidence, with the uh, not getting lost in all that is and, and making excuses of 2020. And and yet some clinics have really struggled. And we see it a lot regionally, right? It's just been different. I mean, I was at a mastermind this weekend and several people um, you know, joining were joining in virtually and and it, basically they they got shut down, not their clinics because healthcare stayed open, but their entire state got shut down on Friday, right? Before this mass run, So people are facing different challenges, challenges I think that are going to come and go and change. They're not going to be the same. And I'll say it. I'll be brutally honest, guys. Anyone who thinks 2021 is just going to magically change when we hit the calendar from December 31st to 1st is uh, lying to themselves, especially if you're a business owner. And So I think, Brad, we're looking forward to some of your insights of giving us where we need to focus, what we need to think about when it comes to our marketing as we're looking in 2021. So what are you seeing? Like, what are what's some advice you can give our listeners who are clinic owners and are looking to, I mean, looking to continue growing? They've got people to serve. Some of them have just lost jobs, and that's why they're getting into this. Some of them have been doing this 15 years. And of course, this was one of the craziest challenges they've been thrown, but they're still standing. So what advice do you have for them? What do you think is coming?
0: Yeah, and and I totally agree. I, I think there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. I mean, as we speak, you know, right now, November nineteenth, you know, there's our our uh, premier of Ontario is looking at you know massive shutdowns potentially again because uh, we have rise in COVID cases. So there, um, you know, there's always going to be uncertainty. And the reality is, is that you know, as business owners, and for those of you who know me, I'm a little, I'm usually a little more direct and kind of like a OBS approach to it. But it's you know it's your responsibility as the business owner kind of like pivot and adapt and 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 I will say like this it's really the same concepts you know that I started kind of sharing and talking about earlier this year into March when things started to like kind of go downhill on that slippery slippery slope and I remember stop talking to uh, Jerry Durham who's uh, another physical therapist and you know really Jerry's helps cool. people with their businesses and stuff and and we we kind of have like a couple of chats in this mastermind group and and. I really think that this is, is a fundamental that started back then, but really needs to be implemented. And if you haven't implemented, it's going to be really important. And the first step is really communicating and over-communicating with the clients. Yes. So a couple of things that I noticed is that the clinics that sort of panicked or the people who panicked and didn't communicate with their patients and clients, a lot of them were at a loss because they made it, I guess, a little bit about them to some degree and you know, panic, which I totally understand. But, you know, if you're not communicating with your patients or clients, then it's going to be a challenge for them to, you know, keep kind of stay top of mind and know that you have the best interest at heart. So one thing I I always really recommend is especially now, and, and even like where we are, you know, now with potential shutdowns, just over communicating with people and saying like, hey, we don't really know what's going to happen. We're in the same boat as you, but we're here to help you, you know, maintain as best as you can. So if we do get shut down, here's some potential options that we have, whether that's virtual, you know, whether that's, you know, specific, like uh, gear that you got to wear, or like cleaning policies, or whatever it is, like, whatever it is, just like over communicate so that people can really feel at ease. And I think that that's something that's going to be really remain true in 2021. Because if you're feeling uncertainty, so is everyone else. And the more that you can communicate to the patients and give them options and ask them what they want, the better. So earlier this year, like one of the clinics that I was doing some of the stuff in the back end with, you know, we, we're really just polling the patients and asking them, like, are you open to doing treatments virtually, like, and, and just sort of seeing what happened. And, you know, that's one way we got revenue going is delivering stuff online. You know, we didn't really have a massive infrastructure for doing it. But you know, you can make the change pretty quickly. And part of it is just like, stay on top communicating, asking your patients what they want. And and kind of going from there, there was one report it was a couple months ago now that was ran by uh, insurance in Canada. And I can't remember the exact numbers, but there was something like 70% of people polled out of, I think around 5,000 were, it would say, you know, I'll try virtual based therapy. Mm-hmm. So there are people I believe that will do stuff. And if you can position it and, and sort of, you know, talk about the outcomes, you know, can we get pain relief from home or, or whatever it is, you know, that's, that's going to be one thing. So I would over communicate with your clients and patients, give them as much certainty as you can. And at least tell them that there's other options because they might not even think like, can you do a Zoom call with me or, or Docs me or whatever you're using, you know, to help me do some self-care work and some stretches or some isometrics or whatever it is. They might not even think about that. So the more you really give them the options, the more that you can transition and at least you're staying on top of it.
2: Yeah, we've talked some about how making it just part of the plan care. Like when you're bringing people on, it's like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And you know what? If it shuts down, that's no big deal because we're going to continue your plan of care this way. And just making it like the standard, like this is normal. This isn't out of the ordinary. Like we've been dealing with this for months. This is, we know it works. This is how we work. I think you're so right because people are getting, they're letting their own uncertainties and fears spill out into how they're managing the business. And I know that's hard not to do. But it's also something to be so self-aware of, right? Like you, you you, can't, if you're not reaching out and even just saying, hey, Mrs. Smith, why aren't you, you know, I know we haven't seen you in a little while. We just want to, we just want to check and make sure you're okay. Like I know you, you know, I know a few weeks ago you weren't considering telehealth, but we just want to make sure you're okay. Like, how are you doing? How's that back feeling? Three weeks later, she might be very willing to try it again, you know, and it's just giving a crap about your patients, right? And communicating with them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, you know, a huge component. What you said earlier is like, I started kind of calling this, I don't know if someone's already taken it not, but like kind of a hybrid method where we're utilizing. And I know there's some personal training facilities with, with clinics and that's kind of what we're doing is saying, okay, well we can do stuff virtually or supplement it. And just, you know, this is just the way it is. And like, you know, if your sales process is really focused on the solutions, well, this is a solution you can get there. You know, it is what it is. And and yeah, people are going to object. We've had people object too, but it's just following up with them and saying, Hey, Christine. Yeah, I know you had some low back pain. We, you couldn't come into the clinic. Just want to see if there's anything I can do to help you. Right. Um, And actually just sort of have some compassion in the, in the calls and uh, you know, staying on top of that will pay you back huge because large clinics are not doing anything. And that's why, especially if you're a cash-based practice, or a solo practitioner or smaller kind of more what I call premium experience uh, clinic, this is what's going to really set you apart because big clinics and stuff are not doing it. I'm seeing that, you know, it's difficult to call, you know, there's no one working there. It's autoresponders. Like, you know, now's the time to actually kind of capture people and make offers and stuff.
2: Absolutely. I think you made such a good point there, which is if your marketing message has already been around the patient experience and their outcome, this transition's going to be a lot easier, whereas if your whole marketing pitch has been, hey, we see you one-on-one and we spend an hour with you and you've been trying to win people that way, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder to then all of a sudden try to convince those people telehealth's going to be okay, or, you know, checking in in other ways, like if you're personal trainers, you know via trackers or whatever, like you're not going to win that, And but if anything, this gives you the opportunity. To realize, this is why my message was too narrow and one sided in thinking you assume you know what the patient wants, and nobody googles one on one p t like the search volume of that is okay, so I'll give it maybe one or two people, but like the search volume's so tiny, and if your marketing message has been all around that, no wonder you're gonna have trouble switching them to telehealth, right?
0: yeah, I totally agree so. That's one thing is like, you're going to really going into 2020 or 2021 is really having more messaging based on the outcomes specifically now, and then making sure that you're able to have an ability to deliver your services other ways. Yeah. And if you, even as like massage therapists, you know, I get it all the time. How do I do massage therapy online? Well, you know what? There's there's niches of people who want help. They can do self-treatments. There's Mm -hmm. lots of different ways to deliver it. Um, so it really is, you're just limited kind of by your mindset and your opportunities because other people are doing it. I know I've done stuff myself, pivoted and and whatnot. So
2: exactly. I mean, coming back to that one-on-one manual therapy specialist, we do hands-on blah, 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 right? Same as the massage therapist problem. That's all you've been talking about. Good luck getting those people on telehealth. Like you've got to reframe everybody before you're going to succeed there.
0: Yeah. So,
2: okay. We need to over-communicate. That's number one. What else do we need to do? I,
0: I really think like the marketing itself is starting to evolve a little bit. And one thing that I've really noticed is like, in w- one of the most effective like tools I use like as a solo practitioner, like when I first started was like, joint ventures and workshops. So workshops like traditionally for me have always been really good because it's like kind of a point of value. It's relationship building and they've always been like super leverageable because you're selling one to many instead of one to one. In terms of like consultations, you can build a community and so on. What I've really been experimenting with is actually just taking the workshops and running them as webinars and running them even as evergreen webinars, which I find to be a little bit more, a little bit better and actually delivering content in a different way. And Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is, is like the, you know, most people market, especially physical therapy, the same way. Here's a discount voucher. Here's a report. And I'm just finding like, the problem is, is that if you look at like Eugene Schwartz as a marketer, he talks about like the four stages of, uh, you know, where people are. And you're. you're, he talks about market sophistication, for example. And market sophistication is like when the market is unsophisticated, people don't know about it. They don't know what's going on. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, that's like really niche type, like ART or something. Like people don't really know exactly what that is. But as it becomes more popularized, the market sophistication is more advanced. You have to market and have different, more messaging because people have heard it all. They've seen it all. Everyone's seeing these voucher ads, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, your area, I have six vouchers for pain relief. Like, you know, they still will work and pull to some degree, but I'm finding that like I'm having more success positioning things differently, making micro webinars. Hey, here's, here's a five part mini series that you can download to get pain-free at home, low back pain. So sure. I send you the report that no one's ever going to read. And then videos every single day. Hey, Christine, here's a stretch you can do. To help your low back, hey Christine, here's a you know an exercise you can do to help with your low back, and just having call to action. I'm finding that like it's actually building a bit more preeminence. It's cheaper overall because you're getting higher quality leads and you can reach more people. So I think the whole marketing strategy itself is is going to need to change to provide more value, but to get away from what everyone else is marketing. So I'm taking a lot of those concepts as you know, kind of like the online marketing world and putting them into health practices, which I haven't really seen too many people really do. So I I think it's like really delivering your offers, how you're delivering your service um, and positioning yourself is going to be significantly different in 2021. If you want to really pull your business in the right direction and, and not sort of stagnate.
2: I agree. We actually have um at least one, I think a couple more coming clients who are we, we pivoted that way. All the free tips reports came down and they're now all mini webinars uh with opt-in like as an opt-in option and it's working well. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that once again, people think when they crack the marketing code, they won't ever have to make a change again. When they think they've built their website once, they'll never have to make a change again. It'll just work on going indefinitely. But really all of this, the marketing, the website, the the business, it's like sowing a small tree to grow into a massive, you know, like a small seedling into a massive, amazing tree that survives for a long period of time. Like it changes. It needs different care. You have to grow it in different ways, and you can't just you can't just stick to the one the one thing and think it's going to work indefinitely. And I think 2021 is a huge time where people need to start experimenting. I'm totally with you, and we've seen the same success with the mini webinars right now. But you know, it's funny. In a year or two, we'll be talking about something else.
0: It just evolves, and I think it's like, and and th- I, this doesn't isn't just like 2020, 2020, 2021. This is just kind of like my opinion overall. It's that like, if you really want to be able to grow your business, you need to look at all other avenues and other industries and so on. Jay Abraham, you know, is, is like a a mentor, I guess, of mine. I've done a lot of his stuff and he just looks at things differently. And I think it's really helped me to kind of identify different trends and look at what different things are. But there's kind of like, you want, you want to be more innovative to some capacity and always be testing to see if you can get Yes, (laughs) I find that, and this is the same with everything. I remember even when I was working with personal trainers, what's the fat loss program that I can get? I hear it all the time. What's the best Facebook ad? Well, it's really contextual to some degree. Yes, I can give you a template. You're going to get leads from it. But if you don't have a sales process, you're not going to be able to convert them. You can't retain them if you don't have retention and so on. So it's all really contextual. So if you really want to be successful, it's going to be more challenging because there's more uncertainty. The more uncertainty there is with jobs, with who Who knows elections, riots, like none of that stuff is gonna go away. I actually think it's gonna perpetuate to getting worse because there's more social media coverage, everyone's got a phone, they can live stream everything is is in the public's eye, so to speak. So you're really gonna need to look at less tactics and more overall strategy and look at what trends are working, like think about how if I'm the patient, like really understanding them, and that goes back to messaging like
2: once again, yeah. And how really, well you like,
0: know them. How can I deliver value to them? What would they want? How do I make them feel better? Like, if you're thinking on that sort of macro level, instead of the micro tactics, well, how do I get people in and whatever, you're going to have more success overall. And I know that's not very vague to some capacity. But you know, the tactics will only get you certain results. So if you get more leads coming in great, but if you can't convert them, and you shut down again, like it's it's problematic. So I would say really, like, That's one thing to consider. Is you want to kind of switch your mindset, and because so many people are advertising online, they're exposed to so much more. This market sophistication is exponentially growing faster. So people are getting more market blind. They're getting burned out more, Um, even from coaches and stuff. Like everyone's a coach now. Everyone's helping with everything. Which you know, I I believe there's some people who are just trying to make money, and there's some people who are like actually have good intentions. But you know, people are getting market blind to some capacity. So you, you need to really you know, change what you're, what you're doing in terms of your marketing message and how you think about it. It's less tactics based. It's more like, how am I going to uh, create something that's going to get the response or get the desired outcome that I want, knowing that like, I'm going to need to like sort of adapt this overall.
2: Yeah. And one of my business coaches has been telling me like, we're in a recession and you're going to have to work actually twice as hard to make the same amount of money as you were before all this. But I'm starting to realize at first, like I was thinking about that and I'm like, that sounds miserable. But what I'm starting to understand what he means by that isn't necessarily that I'm going to have to now work 80 hours. It's actually that I'm going to have to work twice as hard strategically to make this work. And I think there's such a big distinction there. In other words, like I might have been able to fly by the seat of my pants on tactics, but that's not the case anymore. It's got to be all strategic decisions, which is going back to the marketing, going back to the website. Once again, you're like, maybe your population is totally like has no desire for a free tips report. Like that's just not something they download. Like ask them next time they're in the clinic. Like, do you download those things when you see them on, when you see them online, like for other industries, do you download those sort of things? The answer is no. Like you really should be considering what do they do then? Like, how are they consuming media? And I think so many people, you know, it's like, great. Like you said, we can tell people what what works for most people. But I've tried more than anything in my programs to teach them to critically think about... If you, Once again, I think it comes down to you can't make all those strategies, decisions if you don't know who you're serving and you don't know them better than you know yourself, right? And and that's where you're pointing out here. It's like, hey, the mini webinar thing. Like You just got to give it a try. You got to put them out there. You got to see how your audience reacts to it. You might have found something fresh. If it doesn't work, great. What's the next thing we can try?
0: Yeah, and, and that's like... I always say it's like business owner, you have to be solutions oriented because if you're not, you will burn yourself out and it, it will be extremely challenging. And I've gotten in, myself into mindsets where it's very challenging you know, with certain aspects of business, but it's like you've got to have the mindset of always improving and marketing yes. is, is always a test and you need to constantly be testing. And if something works, let's say you're doing amazing results, you've always got to like try to see, well, how can I make it better? And why is it working? It? And yeah. you know, kind of what we're talking about is like, I know some people will listen to this and be like, dude, I just want to treat people. But, you know, we're we're kind of talking higher level to some degree. And and this is obviously for people who are more business oriented and want to like grow their business. And they want to, you know, have something that maybe they can sell or exit in the future or, you know, create leverage in and, and so on. But, you know, it's, it's business is hard, but you've always got to be testing. You've always got to be seeing, okay, well, this is my control. Like, how do I beat it? How do I improve it? And, you know, going back to number one, like over-communicating and talking to, to your patients, clients is always, you're going to get a lot of feedback from that. And I yes. think a lot of people overlook that.
2: Yes. Because that's how you make these strategic decisions moving forward. So yeah, we're kind of growing on the ladder here. The first was like very, here's what you can do now, you guys. Are you are you over communicating with your clients what's your strategy around that on winning them back even when they're nervous we're seeing plenty of people who keep following up with their patients who weren't willing to come in weren't willing to come in weren't willing to come in are all of a sudden coming in again despite the fact like maybe the city just shut down they finally decided they're going to come in you know oh the irony right and then the second point being gosh you've got to test out new strategies right you've got to see what resonates you've got to not be stuck in just only doing the things that you see everybody else around you doing. It's hard. You know, it's it's that if you want to be that true business owner, the strategy has to become so much more a part of your day, of your planning, of what you're doing. And I think that you hit that home. Well, do you have one last one you want to share with us before we wrap?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I I mean, we kind of gave people some higher level thinking. I mean, but the, the big thing is, is like, I would say in order to be really successful, you're going to need to do the stuff that we chatted about, but you really need to be able to think about how you can deliver your services too. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, you can have really good marketing strategies and reaching people. But if you're not able to deliver services in a hybrid method online or whatever, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. So you've got to think about ways. And, and I encourage you to have that open mindset to sort of think like, how can I help this patient? Because at the end of the day, that's what we got to be health practitioners for to help people. And People are not going to get any better with their low back pain, their shoulder pain. Like people are have severe dysfunctions. They're moving less. Generally, people are eating worse. Like I'm, I'm seeing statistics of people eating worse, moving less, more pain. This is not going to go away. Mental issues, like it's just not going to go away. And especially in colder places, I know you you know it's warm where you are, but like it's snowing, getting colder. Like it was
2: 32 this morning. I had to scrape my windshield.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's about, that's about where we are now. So I thought
2: (laughs) it's warming up. We'll be in the fifties today, but okay.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's really just that stuff, pain and all that stuff is not going away. If anything, I think it's going to get worse. How we communicate, how we need to deliver uh, is important because people are, no matter what, I don't see a portion of the population wanting to live normal life, you know, taking the mask off, like there's going to be a portion that always wants that depending where you are. You know, I have some friends in different areas and then it's like kind of back to the normal, so to speak. But like there's going to be people who are scared. So how do we penetrate that population? Because I can almost guarantee that most places are not thinking about that. They they're not really thinking that that way. So how do we deliver services differently? How can we be more empathetic for people in those areas? Like how do we if someone that has back pain at home, like how can we sort of help these people? And really transitioning on how you can deliver service, how you can communicate, how you can really change the way you do from a strategic level is, is going to help. So you've got to really just think on a, a different level and and know that marketing is going to shift. People are still going to have the same problem, if not more. But, you know, you've got to really meet them where they are and, and understand them more on a deeper level and position your service uh, so that you can deliver it. Because one-on-one, you might not have that option forever. I or you're going to miss people who don't want to go go out.
2: Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. If you only chase hot leads, eventually you run out of them. You can't grow your business any farther. So in this case, if you only chase the leads who are willing to come in the clinic, you're going to stagnate at some point or the world's going to, you know, shift and, and things, things happen. And, and all of a sudden all these people aren't coming into the clinic again. And that's just what we have to know. We can't, I feel like we just can't be surprised by that anymore. Like that's just going to happen. What are you going to do when it does? And, And if you can't answer that question, like, that's probably the biggest thing you should take away from today is you need to go write down at least some form of plan for the the options that happen because you'll be able to make better decisions as a business owner if you're like all right if we get partially shut down this is the plan if we get fully shut down you know debate whether healthcare would be shut down at all in the future but still what if it did like what would be the plan and the reason we know 2021 is probably going to throw us I'll say it probably just as many loops as we've had this year, because this thing isn't going away right now. It's just not. So if you can go into 2021 kind of having a loose understanding of like, this happens, I do this. If this happens, we activate this plan. If this happens, we activate this plan. When it does happen, you don't have to panic because you've already got your paths drawn out to execute on. And that therefore, you will make better business decisions and give your your chance a better chance to not only Stay in business, but maybe even keep growing during all this uncertainty. It will also make you so much more confident to be able to talk to your patients when you have that certainty that like, I know how the business is going to go if all those things happen. It's going to be okay. You know, I I know where we'll pivot. So um, Brad, I appreciate you coming on today. This has been great. Really good, really good thoughts for business owners really in all different places. Um, make sure you guys that you're over communicating, make sure that you're challenging your strategy of the status quo and looking for other ways and make sure you, you have plans to, to be able to pivot with everything that 2021 will bring all the goodness that 2021 will be right. Right, Brad. It's
0: all mindset. (laughs) That's all it is.
2: Um, Anyway, you mean that the world's not going back to 2019 when it hits January 1st? Is that what you're telling me?
0: No. Nope. doubtful. <laughs> doubtful.
2: <laughs> we haven't learned time travel yet, guys. Well, I would love to share how other people can find out more about you. I know you have a podcast. think you got a group. Like, Where's the best place for people to connect with you?
0: Yeah, the easiest way. I mean, um, you can connect with me on Facebook. You can go to my website. It's my name, Brad, B-R-A-D-C-O-T-E.com. And uh, if you've got any questions, just shoot me a message. I've also got different uh, content based on marketing strategies or whatever I think is going to happen. So, love to connect with anyone who has any questions.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you again. We hope to have you back sometime on Patients on Demand.
0: Sounds good. Thanks so much.
1: Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Patients on Demand. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask anything you want about getting new patients or growing your practice. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram and name. Then listen in to hear your questions answered live, raw and uncut. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of Patients on Demand.